0: As Shakespeare once wrote in Macbeth, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow comes in this petty pace from day to day. In this case, petty means small, and in pure bleak Macbeth style, the sentiment of this iconic line is basically that life just creeps in in a monotonous, slow, small way from day to day until we die, (laughs) like uplifting everybody, am I right? Tony Robbins 2.0 here for the win. So a couple of things here, like I said, petty in this case you know, in Shakespearean style means small. And like pettiness, you know, it makes us small, it makes our brain small, it makes people small. And like this really existential notion, pettiness is part of the human experience, it seems, until we die. So in case you aren't uplifted enough and ready to take on the world today I'll Cancel Me Baby, we are going to be talking about, you guessed it, the, you know, tried and true human notion and experience of the, the nature of pettiness, right? And pettiness is really it is it it is one of those things that you know like Shakespeare just never die and we like to watch pettiness it's entertaining it's comic relief for us but I will have you know that it can also be very much like if you're looking at it from like a psychological clinical standpoint what like it's all fun and games on the housewives right until It is, you know, day to day, or in this case, what we're going to be talking about today when it goes too far. And if you're listening to a clinical psychologist, they will tell you that petty is really slaying for passive aggressiveness. So AKA, you don't have the balls to address something in an assertive manner. That's just, you know, right up there in your grill and, or when someone has little emotional intelligence. Hmm. I wonder if that applies to the folks we're going to be talking about today. So yeah, I saw this true you know, epidemic going on and like Fauci so upset because like I don't know if there is a vaccine for pettiness, but I saw it going on, I saw it going on with you know the Taylor Swifts, even the dudes with the Bill Mars, like swinging their little Twinkie dicks out again for like an internet little cyberspace fight. All the way to the Marin Morris's being Marin Morris. So it knows no bounds. It knows, like other things, it just knows no gender. Pettiness is here to stay, but I want to talk about when it goes too far. And I'm leaving the big bang for Marin Morris because she's basically making this whole big stink right now about leaving country music. And my critique of her whole thing. It may seem hypocritical coming from somebody like me because I, too, have called out my peers in the entertainment industry on very public platforms from the inside out. But there is a crucial difference here. We are going to explore that today. All right. So get your 15 masks, get your lab coats, because we're going to get down and dirty in Wuhan. That is cancel me, baby. Okay, so first up is Sophie Turner and Taylor Swift. Look, I don't have much to say about this, except for if I see one more image on my feed of Taylor Swift leaving this Chiefs game in or out of an icebox, like like Lady Gaga's egg at the Grammys, I am going to straight up Dr. Evil laser shark my own eyeballs out like I don't care which goes to say I have nothing revolutionary about the Sophie Turner Taylor Swift like babysitters club friendship that rekindled overnight out of nowhere in spite of Joe Jonas I will say this so if you don't know Sophie Turner is going through a divorce from Joe Jonas and she's suing him they have two children which I had no idea about and, um, it's this whole thing, right? Basically a lot of Taylor Swift's old songs, because this is what she does, uh, for better or worse are about Joe Jonas. Cause you know, she pens all these songs about, um, her exes and amidst all of this drama, like no one even knew that they were friends. And they like called every paparazzi that they knew they flew in from Uranus. Okay. To speak. Picture These growls out and about on the town like ultimate pettiness against Joe Jonas. I will say this right and I don't give a shit if you are a Swifty and you want to come with a pitchfork outside of my witch hut. I don't care. I won't deny that Taylor Swift is a generational talent. I think she's tremendously talented as a songwriter, as a performer, as an artist. Hell, I would love to interview her one day and I would love to prove once and for all that I'm the superior Taylor. No, pettiness not to be seen here, folks. Um, so I won't deny that. But I've always thought this about Taylor Swift, that it's, and again, this is nothing revolutionary. I've heard a lot of people talk about this and and brand and what have you about this. To me, it's just really kind of asinine and childish. And Taylor Swift has created When you think of the magnitude of her empire, this is how you know, okay? This is how you know the reach that you have. I made the mistake of planning a travel that I didn't know, like naive Taylor, I didn't know. I was traveling out of Nashville airport on the Sunday. If you recall, Taylor Swift recently played here in Nashville on like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday consecutively made the mistake of traveling on that Sunday. You know that you have the wrath and the grip on our society and culture when you back up the TSA line. Like that is how you know. I will remember this day forever. Even my TSA pre-check couldn't stand a chance because all the Swifties were packed like sardines in that airport the TSA line was clogged. Like it was just a whole thing. And they even followed me up to JFK. Like I could not escape these bitches. So that is the, how, you know, but all that goes to say, like, just imagine having that much power. Right. But all that goes to say, she has such a a lengthy like age gap of people who just worship her in this ultimate. Petrifying cult, okay, because these people will stop at nothing. They will bleed to the death for Taylor Swift. But it really, it makes me think, like even these young people who look up to as a role model and seeing this petty behavior of like boys are mean and this is how we get back at them, me, me, me. It's just lame. Like, bitch, get out of voodoo doll and go- do a good old hex like the rest of us and be on the DL. Like, really. And so that's kind of all I have to say about that, especially when you have, like, I, I don't know, but when it's like a divorce and when kids are involved, like it's one thing if it's like, again, like petty high school drama, but it's like, we're in our thirties here. And so it's just lame. Look fucking hot. Have your voodoo doll like in your purse, put some hot sauce like Beyonce, go out on the town and the best revenge is your paper. Like as Beyonce said, and looking hot. So which I said here, one Taylor Ferber. So that is how you get your revenge period. So all this just feels really, you know, middle school to me and lame, but I will have, you know, people that the guys are petty too. This is not just For the bitches on Jersey Shore the bitches on the housewives pulling each other's wigs because guys like to pull each other's uncircumcised dicks and their wigs too okay so Bill Maher and Howard Stern got into a little tip and I just found this so entertaining because again like I said I'm not I'm not acting like I'm this all high and mighty and light and creature above pettiness like it is entertaining but Again, we're going to talk about when it goes too far in the end. So, okay. So basically, Bill Maher made a really odd comment on his podcast about Howard Stern, saying how Howard Stern now is always gushing about his wife and how he really feels for Howard Stern's ex wife. It must make her feel really shitty, which is weird to me because on a lot of levels, but Howard Stern has been married to his wife, his now wife, for like 15 years. So, again, I think, like, I don't know, are you pulling, like, has the ghost of Taylor Swift taken over your body who still can't get over someone from 20 years ago? It's like, I think we've moved on. And so in his defense, understandably, Howard Stern basically says, first of all, this is sexist of you to assume that my ex-wife is sitting around pining over the famous man who broke up with her, like, just to assume that whole narrative, but also, like, what are you talking about? And so this is where it got petty because he is... Yelling choice words, and he's like, Shut your effing mouth. And then again, when the childish, like, you know, monkey bars come into play, it's like, I was on your show, Bill Maher, and I don't even like TV, but I do it to help you. And I don't think we're friends anymore. So that's where all of that is just hilarious. Um, see, so pettiness knows no bounds people. Like I said, it will, it will live beyond your grave. It will live beyond your wildest dreams. Uh, Taylor Swift pun intended. Yeah. See, I know some of my Taylor stuff. Okay. Swifties. So you need to calm down. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you catch that one? So, and I will say, actually, this is where, like I said earlier, um, what pettiness really comes down to is not being direct and passive aggressiveness. I will say, Um, Howard Stern said that he he really was direct about it he was like Bill give me a call he emailed him you know give me a call talk let's talk about my marriage and talk about this face-to-face and Bill Maher never responded so I will say good for Howard Stern um, for stepping up everything else is null because he's like waving a proud flag about how, how he's like I'm so happy to be woke and it's like sir did you forget your shock jock past? Like you would be me too 17 times over right now. And you should thank your lucky stars that you haven't, and you haven't been demonetized, which I'm going to talk about the me too thing in a second with Cindy Crawford and Oprah and how many times I by this logic would get me too. But anyway, all that goes to say, we can learn, we can grow, we can evolve, but your shock jock past is strapped in with a dock strap of shock <laughs> at your behavior, sir. Yes. Given props for trying to reach out with the call, but everything else, whatever. And there you go. So guys, gals, you know, they say women are from Venus, guys are from Mars, but at the end of the day, we're all petty. So there you have it. Okay. So here's, though those are just kind of like fun, silly frivolous examples, right? Here's though where it turns like dark and ugly. And this is to me, the line of Headiness, and where you mix in victimhood and then it's ammo and weaponized in a way that like it ain't cute like no bravo bravo producer could concoct or could ever so first up we have the american horror story trans actress angelica ross not to be confused with angelica from the rugrats although it seems like with the shenanigans she's pulling here i don't know They may or may not be like Angelica sisters from another mister, but we will see. And her stuff with Emma Roberts. So, and I'm not defending Emma Roberts here because I've heard some like slim shady shit about that girl, but that's not the point here, right? So basically, Angelica Ross, who was on Pose and then was on American Horror Story, both shows by, no matter how you feel about him, you can't deny that Ryan Murphy was a visionary groundbreaking entertainment maker with glee american horror story scream queens american crime story all of this so angelica ross again a black trans woman starred in pose and she did this interview i believe and just started going rogue on everybody and for me it's when she started throwing ryan murphy under the bus like why why If Ryan Murphy is thrown under the bus, which I will explain in a second, literally nobody is safe. Nobody is safe Hide your kids and your wives and your non-binary plants because no one is safe, seriously. Basically, they started just going in a back and forth and she started saying how she didn't feel safe on Ryan Murphy's sets because they were so chaotic. And that when her character was killed off of Pose, she was written onto American Horror Story only because Ryan Murphy wanted to, quote, paint the narrative that he's supportive of her. So as you can see, this is just absolutely ridiculous. And then they had a back and forth that had ensued. But all I have to say about that is, you're going to, again, go after Ryan Murphy, who literally managed to get every, mind. he had a guy in a wheelchair, a, a tranny, a, a gay this, a that, a, an um, overweight person, everyone you can imagine, okay? In Glee, before it was cool, before it was virtue signally in a way that was like actually cool because it wasn't what everyone was trying to do yet, Right. And Look, even my cancel me baby sign is flying off the wall because it can't even believe this shit. And and again, and and created the show Pose, which is literally about like drag culture in New York City. And so you're going to go after Ryan Murphy, period. Like, I don't think so. To me, it looks like you are a crying victim, like knock it off. So then in the same breath, this actress is saying, is recalling, and this is like petty again, passive aggressive, because I watched it. And she's on an Instagram live video recalling a time on the American Horror Story 1984 set where she th- said that Emma Roberts was transphobic. Basically, I think it was a director or someone on the set said, come on, ladies. And Emma Roberts said to both of them, and Emma Roberts rep- replied with, don't you mean lady so insinuating just her and not the trans woman. So again, I'm not defending Emma Roberts, like, and that was petty of her. And like I said, I've heard things about Emma Roberts, but this to me again is like where it just honestly goes too far because it was made like, was it okay? And was it cool? No, but also are there no jabs to be made ever? Why is everything again, like so extreme as being transphobic? Think about, like all this shit talk that even dudes give each other like if you're in a locker room this or that like okay is there any room to just like have a little bit of like jest or whatever shit talk a lot of people and i agreed with this were responding to this saying like you're just digging this up it just again it looks like you are just trying to resurrect something and get attention here and make something out of what was otherwise you know pretty minuscule And so apparently Emma Roberts called this actress to apologize. Like that's good. Good for her for calling her. I'm sure. See, this is like, this is where everything is just for optics. Like I'm sure Emma uh, Roberts behind closed doors and under her breath was like, this is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Like if, can you imagine her conversations with friends and families? Like if they're at the bar or whatever, like in her living room, they're probably all like, this is ridiculous, but whatever, I'm going to do it to appease everybody again. Like, you know, if you are going against Ryan Murphy, like you are reaching, right? Um, because I think Ryan Murphy actually went after her too, being like, are you, are you seriously saying that I'm trying to like suppress you in your voice when all I've done is like plays a trail in this space? Like you're kidding. But anyway, Emma Roberts did call her and to apologize allegedly. And this actress Made it a whole big stink about, you know, yes, she called me to apologize. And, you know, this is really a learning moment for her to do better. Again, this is all comes down to an alleged comment on set, right? Like, and whatever, someone could say, people say shit about me all the time. I'm like, oh, your voice is annoying. Oh, you're this. Oh, don't show us your tits. I can't listen to what you're saying. It's like a little, again, it's a little bit like, come on, like, get a little toughen up a little bit. Sorry. And, um, you know, again, she made it a whole big thing of like, you know, Emma Roberts is this is her time to be held accountable and do better and learn about why social justice matters. So, you know, again, to me, it just is when it just take it as a lesson of when this all goes too far. And I'm going to get to all of this in the end. But, you know, again, when pettiness is really weaponized and going somewhere a little bit more darker and sinister to undercut, somebody's like goodwill last thing i want to say about that too is this is why anybody who isn't on the complete like pc woke brigade finds themselves in a bind because you know i don't want to say the other side but pc people will always argue like all we want is social justice and rights for this group and rights for that group like they villainize the other side right like why wouldn't you want those things that's all we want But this is what they fail to realize. It's like, well, but no, it goes too far. And like, this is just a small example of that. There are other ways we've talked about on the show that are concerning and go too far in society and in schools and in medicine and in government and all kinds of ways. But like, it just goes too far, like everything, okay? Like the pettiness, unfortunately. Like everything has to be, the fun has to be sucked out of everything, okay? Just like my next example with Cindy Crawford and Oprah. So again, the pettiness, Knows No Bounds, it is the Ferris wheel that is broken at the carnival, and that just keeps on going. So Cindy Crawford recently spoke out about when she was on her come up as a model, absolutely stunning, one of the most iconic models of all time, like the Calvin Klein, how we how could we forget all of it, like my muse, love it. And she recently spoke up about how Oprah made her feel a type of way back in the day when she was on the Oprah Winfrey show. And again, like, how are you going to come after Oprah? Like, I just need to know how, how are you, how are you going to do that? Right. And she said that she felt like a chattel, like a child and that she wasn't to be seen or heard, but more that she was sized up to see if she was worthy of being on Oprah's show. I watched the clip. Oprah in true Oprah form says to Cindy Crawford, can you stand up? Oh my God, this is the body of a model. Like, look at that body just completely like in complete adoration, almost like you know how your grandma would it's like oh my god the body on that one right that's exactly how it reminded me and i just thought it was absolutely ridiculous for cindy crawford who admitted that at the time she wasn't offended by it but that she looked back and that it was so not okay like again victim culture is seeping into your pores at like victim culture at its finest It's funny because I actually, I was like, I feel like I've interviewed Cindy C before. And I have. In 2016, I interviewed her and her husband, Randy Gerber. Funny enough, of all, like I went in the transcripts, okay? Like Harry Potter style with my invisibility cloak all the way up there in that library of Taylor and Ferber's Us Weekly interviews. And funny enough, the first thing that I ask her and Randy Gerber about is about their kids. And I make a comment like, your children are obviously genetically blessed. And I asked about if they were to go into modeling, how you would feel about that and advice and et cetera. And again, you know, is that offensive? It's like, you are a model. Like you are, you're one of the most famous models in the world. So whether it be me asking about your beautiful kids and if they're gonna model, or if it's Oprah being like flaunt that body girl, like model body, like you are a model. And again, of course, there's a line between what's okay and what's inappropriate, but it's like, you're going to be so put off now. Like there's a reason at the time you probably weren't offended by it because again, you are a model. You are making a living and becoming a global icon off of being physically fucking gorgeous. Like, what do you want from us? And it just made, and by the way, her answer to the thing about her kids it was really sincere. She said, you know, I wouldn't necessarily push them to it or push them away for it, from it. I would let them kind of come to it on their own. And obviously I would have good advice, right? So like, you know, vanilla at best there. But this whole thing made me think like, how many times your girl here, like if she was uncomfortable by that on Oprah, I've asked Zac Efron to flex his muscles for me on camera. And I'm, I may or may not have touched them, okay? I asked his Baywatch, co-star about shrinkage in the water and not only just shrinkage but shrinkage as it pertains to black guys because we all know the tried and true myth or not such such a myth that black guys are hung Nikki Bella I recently interviewed Nikki Bella and the first thing I'm like her gorgeous boobs and she loves it she like props them in the camera Brooklyn Decker same thing she's all for it in the moment she's like touch them go ahead and I did and they were great and so all of this makes me think it's like. Do we all just want, again, the no fun club, like, do we all just want to be robots where we don't acknowledge each other's beauty or physicality? It is like, hello, sir. What a nice smile that you have today. Am I allowed to say this? Yes or no? It's like chat GPT, please advise because this shit is getting really sad. So I thought that was a little, you know, sad and unnecessary and then, and, you know, just did not need to happen. So, you know, and I'm petty towards Oprah, you know, and listen, I have thoughts about Oprah. I've interviewed her many times and she's always been amazing. Don't need to air them out like other thoughts on this show today, but you just don't go. It's like the Ryan Murphy thing. Like, do they have their flaws? Yes, but you do not get petty against the icons, okay? You just let them walk all over you like the legends they are. Okay, lastly is Marin Morris. So I thought that this really captured everything and where our society is at on the whole and it's really crazy because a year ago when I moved to Nashville I talked about her whole feud with Brittany Aldean and I was wearing a shirt that just looked exactly like this so like time like Shakespeare said time is just you know we never left we are still there actually as it turns out so congratulations time is actually moving that slowly you are in it time Vortex Portal. So, all right, Maren Morris makes this whole big stink about leaving country music. And she releases music explaining why. She did an interview with LA Times. And she just talks about how she's tried so hard to be an activist and to change the country music scene. And she's just exacerbated and exhausted and defeated. And she just can't change it. She says that... Uh, there are so many misogynistic, racist, homophobic, transphobic, you know, feelings and comments and insinuating it's the entire country community. So not just the industry and the business folk, but fans. So that's one thing in and of itself to put this blanket statement that everybody in this community are all of those things. Again, like not being, not, not being dramatic or over-exaggerating, Right. When I'm here and I know for a fact that's not the case, okay? But further, how narcissistic this is. And one of the lyrics, because in the song, in the new video, which also it's like, I'm leaving country music with a country music song. Like, okay, sis. It talks about rotted roots. And there's even a a jab at Jason Aldean's, leave it, uh, what is it? With a small town, try that in a small town. And there's a lyric that says, The rot at the roots is the root of the problem, but you want to blame it on me. So, again trying to kick and scream about how she has just tried to make everybody in country not so misogynistic and racist and they're all emboldened and this and this and that but I just give up and they want to blame it on me like I hate to break it to you but not everything revolves around you and this is why I say this is clear Marin Morris style because we've seen this with her before we saw it with Brittany Aldean when she called her insurrection Barbie we saw it when she wanted to take this big back bad stance against I think it was like the CMA or CMT awards and like boycott them but then she showed up for her award and then left like what are you what like what are you even what are you doing like either do it or don't so just again all of this attention seeking drama and for what I feel like this is in really bad taste for two reasons and I say this personally being some being you know someone in this industry number one It's kind of that idea of beating, biting the hand that feeds you, right? Maren Morris has had an extremely fortunate and expedited come up, has gotten really rich and famous really quickly. This marks only her 10 years since moving to Nashville. And when she moved here is when she basically got her start, started singing and songwriting she had an exponentially fast come up, like very lucky and very rare. Because if you don't know, they say, I know a lot of you are in the industry in some capacity. It's always the 10 year rule, right? And it doesn't matter if you're New York, LA, Nashville, the rule is like you put in 10 years minimum before you see any sort of success whatsoever. Hence why we're all scrubbing toilets on the weekends, basically to make a buck, right? And even then, like you're paying back all the entities and the people, like, it's just, it's a very difficult process. And she's someone who had to come up very fast. I, that's not to say she's not super talented. I really like Mara Morris, but this is one of the things where it's like, the well is just poison. Like wh- why? I can't enjoy her music the same way, unfortunately. Um, But so that's number one, why it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It's like, okay, you're going to shit on the entire industry that made you rich and famous. Like now can you have qualms with it? Absolutely. Um, Which gets me to my next point is that I am somebody, again, if you want to say that I'm hypocritical, I am somebody who has called out my industry and my peers from the inside in multiple op-eds that were very highly publicized on big outlets. My platform, my podcast, but most notably was the USA Today op-ed that I had written about Chrissy Teigen. And in that op-ed, it was when Chrissy Teigen, her bullying scandal had come to light and all of the DMs and tweets where she had asked people like Courtney Stoden, not asked them, but like bully them and attack them to commit suicide, basically. This isn't, this is beyond like Taylor Swift, Regina George mean girl shit. This is like next level, right? And it had all come to the light and it was not good and it was not pretty. And there were unsurfaced tweets of her really just being so derogatory and hateful and misogynistic about other famous women. Now, at the time I'd called out all of these like yay, rah, rah, female centric outlets that I had worked for because they were so committed still to propping up Chrissy Teigen because Chrissy Teigen is their woke role model, right? She's a woman of color. She has a success story. She would always go against conservatives and Trumps and was like a loud mouth and all this. So even though Chrissy Teigen publicly hurt and harmed and went after the very women that these outlets pretend to protect, they still, in their own self-interest and being so committed to their narrative, were propping this girl up, and I called out the hypocrisy. But further, I talked about the big picture of all of this, of all of these entities when they're so committed to their narrative that, and their self-interest that they can't see anything else, and it just gets in their way. In that piece, I also talk about when Shirley's their own had a conversation with me about Me Too when it was just starting. and said we don't need to villainize and ostracize men. She had a male director at the time for her fe- feminist movie. She's like, let's bring them in and help them understand. And the outlet wouldn't run it because, again, like how dare we prop men up in any way? No, men are bad. So the whole point of the op-ed is to look at the bigger picture and to bring people in and to help any of these issues that Mara Morris is talking about, whether it be homophobia, transphobia, uh, misogyny, racism, all these things is we need to be free enough in our dialogue. We need to get out of our own little narratives. And I even suggested, you know, to these outlets, bring in other viewpoints, Chrissy Teigen. I'm not even suggesting that we shut her out or shun her. In fact, I advocated for her at the time to have a dialogue with outlets with on Twitter, with her on the X-Files, whatever you want to call it, with her audience about bullying, right? Again, like bringing everybody into the dialogue to help growth and change. And so all that goes to say, I wasn't coming at it, nor have I with any of my op-eds or my work. You can look at my catalog and this is the difference. I wasn't coming at it from a, you all suck and you're all mean and I'm a victim. It wasn't like that at all. It's a very much matter of fact, here's the problem, it's hypocritical, and here's how to make it better and to solve it. I think that this behavior from Mara Morris is tried and true, millennial, whiny, bratty, attention-seeking behavior. I can 100% be behind and respect an activist that I don't agree with. I even love the way that my friend and who was just on the show again, Lou Ridley, who's an extremely talented artist goes about it because I know she has her really strong feelings and axes to grind as she will admit against, you know, with Christianity, with the country music community, but the way that she does it is so smart and will like sneak into their bones. It's like chilling and gripping, right? In a very smart way that makes people think, and isn't this like flailing your arms? I'm mad because I'm not getting the toy I want at the toy store today. So just embarrassing and not a good look. There's a line in my USA Today op-ed when I talk about pettiness, because funny enough at the time, I talked about how it goes on both sides. Like when all this was going on with Chrissy Teigen, we had Candace Owens at the time. Like she should be canceled, right? And even I said this, it's like, okay, it's like tit for tat, eye for an eye until what? We're all taken out. Like that doesn't get us anywhere. So I have a line, like I said, where I say our problem is bigger than petty tit for tat. So really looking at, you know, the big picture. And I will say pettiness as we've established, right? It is here to stay. It is entertaining, it provides for comic relief, it lets us escape, it lets us snatch a wig, it lets us have the little rush of adrenaline when we don't have the ball acts to face something head on ourselves, right? But to me, where it goes too far is where it's used to undercut someone's humanity, undercut the quality of who they are as a human. If you're using pettiness, as we've seen in some of these, as a vehicle to point somebody out as someone who is derogatory or isn't respectful of a class of people and needs to learn about social justice and do better. Well, that just goes too far. And the way I see it, you can put that with or without Taylor Swift in that mysterious icebox at the stadium and reel it right on out of here because really, it's just not cute.